You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, last episode of 2018, season 8, episode 24. I'm John, and there's John and Chris as well, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Can't believe we're only two days away from twenty nineteen. It's been a, it's been a year. <laughs> it has been a year. Yes, Chris. Have you have you been waiting since like two weeks ago to say that? See you missed last week. Aye. Uh, it's just been a, it's been a year. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> How was your chocolate log? <laughs> Better than what it's Spartans. <laughs> Talking of Spartans, did you see the the tweet from them about the new badge? Yes, aye, with the shovel, aye. <laughs> no, I missed that one. No. You all seen it? No, just I only to have a look. <laughs> go on Twitter just now and check the Spartans uh, page, and you'll see it, because you need to see it. Because we're part of tonight, we're going to talk about funniest moments of 2018 in Scottish football. Probably from this from this season, we'll, we'll do it on. So that's certainly one of the funniest moments. That's just pretty ruined it because well, that is my funniest moment as far as I can remember. My memory's terrible. Your memory's not terrible. You'll think of another one. You'll have time because we'll come on to it later on. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other stuff as well, obviously plenty of football to talk, talk about, and but there's going to be some other stuff which we'll, we'll come on to later on. So, we're going to go back to last midweek, briefly, touching it and link it in with uh, the games that happened yesterday, because we're recording Sunday. Um, no, I am Sunday, isn't it? I am. Yeah. Losing track <laughs> well, of days. We're not going to have a three versus two podcast and not talk about a midweek game. <laughs> well, I know. It's not relevant, uh, <laughs> Aye, we could have skipped over it. Yeah. 38 games in the league season, that's relevant. Well, just because you win Aye. one, doesn't mean you're going to win the league. Aye, we could have skipped over a Hibs Rangers game. I mean, it's... Oh, you mean a different game, Chris? I'm just making a general statement. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, wonder, yeah, we don't actually say as much now. We used to do it at the start of every podcast. What are you drinking? Oh, I'm with Coca-Cola. Nothing exciting. Yeah, I'm in sugar-free iron brew, nothing exciting oh at God. all. Oh my God, you both saving yourself for tomorrow night? No, because I'm not drinking tomorrow night either. Well, I've got a cheeky red number, a wee Argentinian. It's no Maradona, it's uh, a wee Malbec. So. so after a few of them, you could be messy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh I like it, I like it. <laughs> Aye. Does it still count as a Christmas cracker or are we maybe on that? <laughs> More like a poor only excuse joke, which is probably going to be one better joke than you'll see in the entire of only excuse tomorrow night. Probably. Aye, yeah. probably, yes. I wouldn't, um, although I say that I hadn't watched it for eight years and then I watched last year's edition and switched off after ten minutes because I didn't find one sketch funny like I did in... 2009, so I won't be watching it. <laughs> See, I, I don't think it's quite so. as... Oh, it's half an hour. I don't think it's quite as bad as it used to be in like previous years, because you started branching out into non-football stuff. 
Um, it kind of gave him a bit more to talk about, but it's still, it's not what it used to be. I think that's part of the problem, the fact he's branched out. I liked when it was just all about Scottish football. But he, he was always using like older uh, references, so yeah. you always get the Frank McAvenny reference somewhere along the line. He, it's because he's limited the amount of voices he can do. Yeah. Uh, on the subject of uh, online excuse, just because it used to always be on it, uh, New Year's Eve as well, everyone, but we're all, I think we're all at age, Ricky Fulton. Yes. Oh, yes. Watching Ryan, all that, I mean, that was some classic yeah. New Year's Eve TV. Wh- uh, I watched a f- film the other day, Local Hero, and Ricky Fulton was in it. It was pretty it's, good. Scottish from 1983. What, I felt what is Gregor Fisher thinking, even touching everyone I enjoy? What was he? <laughs> Oh, he's, 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 he's some sort of tribute because it's forty years of Scottish when I started or something. I could have been um, there about touching Beverins, but it's probably not appropriate. Um, no, probably not. Um, although you always th- when you think of um, Scottish Rye, um, there's a couple of sketches that obviously stand out. There's the Gerard Kelly um, signing for Rangers one, it's obviously yes. the classic, and. My personal favourite was the um, the one with Super Cop and Mark McManus playing Tiger. I just thought yeah, that was aye. genius. Which I first the Chief Inspector. Well, <laughs> 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 on the buses. Uh, uh, that that was uh, that was classic New Year's Eve TV. Mm-hmm. See if they showed repeats of that. It wouldn't even bother me. Aye? It's better aye, than that would... party. That's it. I would rather watch repeats of that than like a new one with excuse. Yeah. Because it was the same joke, at, like the Super Cup. It was the same joke every single time with the the the, the um, what do you call them? Goggles, 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 Aye, goggles. Every time, every single time, and it would crack you up every single time. Yeah, yeah. there was. I mean, a lot of stuff still is relevant. I mean, there was even the joke where Matt McManus says we can't let him get away with murder, and Ricky Fulton replies, "How no, Sydney Devine's been doing it for years." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so if you if you're tuning in late, if you first missed the first few minutes, we're not just talking about New Year's Eve and TV. Though if you've listened before, you know that we like chatting about anything apart from football quite often. Uh, we could just continue just talk about the Madrid games. Game for Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> right, Let's uh, just well, get out the way. Get out the way. Right, uh, so bit of a classic. Get, yeah, that's, I mean, of, of across the twelve games, games that we played, <laughs> Celtic was the the classic of the twelve. Yeah. It's one of those games, I spoke about it last week, uh, like I was at the junior game, Talbot and Cumnock, 4-3, one of these games that had everything, the, the Celtic, Aberdeen, Aberdeen Celtic game, Aberdeen at home, um, it's, yeah, great, it was one of those games you want to package and show the people down south that say our football's pish. Yeah, you see, it had everything, I mean, ultimately I think the difference came down to the, the quality that Celtic were able to count on. Because, um, I mean, all four of Celtic's goals had some quality uh, involved in it. So, the first goal, uh, the, the pass between uh, Christy McGregor was outstanding. Yeah. Um, Edward coming off the bench and managed to have the, the cracking ball through to Forrest for the second ball. Um, he was really alert and dinked the ball over Lewis for the third goal. And then his yeah. run for the fourth goal was terrific as well. So, I mean, he was part of the match on me, Edward. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Edward was just a blind. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah. think ten out of ten performance. The, absolutely. The, the the flip side of that is Aberdeen will probably think they could have done better all four. So you've got the first goal where it breaks for Sinclair. Uh, Bob probably could have done better with the clearance. Um, Considine is beaten for pace for the second goal. The the third goal 
if it doesn't break the way it did uh, for Edward, then it doesn't get it didn't go over Lewis. I think that's maybe just bad luck more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, and the fourth goal, there's a tackle by Shea Logan which does absolutely nothing. <laughs> Yeah. It's one of those um, games you lose four goals and people will look on from not seeing it and think we were terrible defensively. I don't think we're there. No, I mean, breaking the ball. Absolutely. Something's yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there was that point at one each where I thought that it was just going to finish one each because Aberdeen looked like they were solid, had everything under control. Celtic had little to no ideas to, to what to do. It's only when Edward came on and made the difference. Uh, it, it took quality to get through Aberdeen. So I think credit, credit to Aberdeen for that. But you're right, I mean, if you look at it, it's, you know, you've conceded four goals, how bad must you have been? Uh, it's, it's funny because Aberdeen conceded four goals and were a lot better than Celtic were at the weekend when they conceded only one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think as well, from from our point of view, obviously uh, Celtic not having a recognised striker kind of threw us a wee bit. So I think probably still expected there would be a striker there or someone, maybe or I thought maybe Mikey Johnson would have played Wednesday, however, he ends up playing yesterday, um, just because he, he kind of played there. But he didn't. Aberdeen didn't really know who to mark. I think that's what threw us. But McInnes actually corrected it um, yeah. as he put Shinny back into the midfield because we were maybe losing out a wee at midfield. Put ball into centre back. Put Constantine at left back for the first half. Most of the first half, I thought it worked really well. I think from our point of view, we recognised the fullbacks are Celtic's weakness. I would say when Aberdeen play against them, I'd rather be getting the ball out wide into the middle. Um, I thought McLaren did really well, again, positive, taking on players. I mean, Bayati was taking them on and getting by him at times pretty easily. I thought as well on the other side, well, it tells you all, I mean, is he going to get hooked at half-time? And is he really, I think, usually pretty reliable when he does play. He's not played as much, but he's usually pretty reliable. It's, it's funny, um, that's the second I, time Brendan Rodgers has started as a Gary and hooked him uh, and we've won 4-3 because it was the same with the, the, the classic game against Munro in the Invincible season. He got hooked yeah. after about half an hour. Yeah. Uh, Do you think he played that badly in the first half at Pataudry on Wednesday? Um, I know he gave us a bit of penalty but I don't think apart from that he was struggling. Yeah, I think I th- he was... He was it was a tad unlucky with the penalty because nine times out of ten that penalty doesn't get given. Um... I don't think that's not uh, to say it wasn't a penalty. That's that's yeah. just, the referees are f- terrible. Um, the, 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 this is one of the debates. It's because he slides in, he's looking, he's trying to block the ball from coming in yeah. in the first place, and he yeah, doesn't quite get it right, and he clatters into McGinn in the process. It's get, yeah. McGinn almost kind of lands on him when he does it, but as he gets too close to him, he takes him out. No doubt it's a penalty. The objection out of it is that penalty rarely gets given. Um, it's even worse if see if, see if McGinn had been taking a shot and not a cross. I don't think it'd been given at all. Because if yeah, you get a shot away, the referee's played the advantage as far as he's concerned. Aye. Aye. Right, we never get booked for it as well, which probably says it all. Don't get booked. Mm-hmm. I yeah. getting booked, which probably tells you it's, what it, it's a foul, but it's not a, a bad foul. Or it's not. It's, it's, no, it's accidental. He's trying to block yeah. the ball first. You know, he's not trying oh. to take out now again. He's trying to block the ball, but um, obviously he was just that little bit late, and there's no need to give the double whammy of a, a card as well. But um, that is, it is yeah. technically a foul. I mean, the other one's obviously um, a bit more contentious. Um, <laughs> I'll be interested to see the opinions here. As <laughs> I think we'll probably we'll probably kind of disagree, and it's the whole contact. There is a bit, there is a wee bit of contact. I know Shani Pride does make a wee bit of most of it, but there is contact. Mm-hmm. And we've said before numerous times, if you make contact in the box, you give the referee a decision to make. I'm not saying either way. 
it's clear cut because it's probably a game one of those ones you've seen them giving you too many lot given. Yeah, I'll be but honest. I if think... that was given against us, I'd be raging. If that was given against us, but it was given in our favour. I'm um, delighted it's went in our favour. Yeah. yeah. You know, you take that by a lot, but and two very well taken penalties as well by both me and uh, Cosgrove. But yeah. Celtic reacted well, especially the second one. They reacted very well, obviously going and um, getting the third and fourth goals and winning the game. Yeah. Uh, but you mentioned uh, Izagiri, um and the f- fullback problems. Johnny Hayes came on at left back, and I thought he was tremendous. He made a superb so tackle at one-one, and I thought he was a cert to start in that position if Izagiri was not going to make it, and Tina wasn't going to make it. Uh, yeah, that, that, this is one of many bizarre uh, decisions I think Brendan Rodgers made ahead of the game at Ibrox. Um, yeah. You're right, he's come on. I thought he's not a natural left back, but he did a really good job there. That tackle he had in the box was outstandingly timed. Uh, that could easily be a penalty if he gets yeah. that wrong. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's done did enough in that game to show he was a better option to play left back. If you do that, you don't pull McGregor out of midfield. McGregor is much better in midfield than anyone else. We've tried playing McGregor out wide, um, further forward, uh, and I don't think it works as well. McGregor needs to be in the middle of the park. So the only time the only time I've seen Cal McGregor play left back was in the Scottish Cup final, but that was obviously enforced because Tierney got injured. But Johnny Hayes. I've only seen it once personally. Um, someone could correct me on that, but Hayes has certainly played a lot left back in his time at Aberdeen um, for a bit. There was a season where he covered the left back position when I think Constein was injured and we didn't have any other options. Yeah, he was um, And I thought he did quite well at left back, although he's much better further forward. But he certainly would have been a better option at left back ahead of um, McGregor. McGregor taking him at midfield, weak in Celtic, um, just to accommodate Brown and Cham. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Who come, on, come on to that game <laughs> uh, later on. But I thought again, uh, Aberdeen Ferguson again in the penalty box at corners at set pieces seems to have this knack of finding space. Yeah, I, I, I think I had just come on at that point and was possibly not quite as alert as he should have been. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was well worked by Aberdeen again set piece goal again. Like, it's, it's it's the one goal that I think. Aberdeen scored at Celtic but really disappointing because he didn't defend properly so to be yeah. penalties you can't really defend a penalty um, but uh, yeah I mean going, going back to the one with the shinny um, you didn't get that at the weekend because Anderson looked like he was down twice in about 30 seconds each other the first one was the goalkeeper giving a wee shove which I, I, mean, I, I, I agree this is actually inconsistent with referees. Um, actually, this goes back to the point. Referees are not only inconsistent with each other, they're also inconsistent with themselves. Because yeah. the one, like the, the first one that you got, which I've already said, boys up anyway. Um, Willie Collin was our referee at Murrayfield when we played Hearts in the League Cup semi-final, and Tierney get wiped out in exactly the same way and with nothing given. And that, so, I mean, if I, I just want referees to be consistent. We can't get consistency across referees. We can't get consistency within the referee himself. So, the same referee may give a penalty one week, but you don't give the next. So, yeah. what chance have we got if we can't even judge that? Um, but, I mean, the, the problem I've got with a shinny one isn't that, I mean, you're right, and Lustig does give him that little push. I don't think that push does anything. There's not enough behind it to warrant anything really, and I think that's what happened in the Livingston game. There wasn't enough um, to really take Anderson out of the game. Anderson was was trying his best to stay in his feet in that game, but uh, didn't quite manage it and took a stumble. And then sports scenes commentary was, oh, well, he took a few steps. Well, he was trying to stay in his feet, to be honest. 
Um, which is a lot more than Shinny was Shinny well, was all good. I heard that, but he was he went down just after that as well. Was a second done on him yeah. as well. Which again, I don't think it was a penalty. So uh, I think the referee did right there. Um, like, however, my problem with this one is that Shinny is not honest at all. He's already jumped. It's not even a dive. He's jumped in here. It's like he's got on his springboard and took off. Could and you it, argue slightly? Point. This is just devil's advocate that he's trying to avoid challenges. A lot of people in the box. No, he's clearly jumping to get a penalty. He puts his arms out. Before Lustig makes any contact with him at all, he's already in the air with his arms out. It's it's a Tom Daly. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad, to be honest. Um, 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 uh, it is. Celtic won the game anyway. Edged it in terms of quality. Uh, but I think a terrific advert for Scottish football. So it's one of those, another game. Hard to take in terms of coming out another Aberdeen Celtic game. And feeling that you're you're got there for the taking and not getting at least a point. Yeah, we we we've been very shaky um, for for several months now. I think at times uh, we went through a spell where we were actually banging goals, and it seemed to coincide with Scott Brown being out of the team. He's come back into the team, and suddenly we've kind of slowed down again. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a few sort of defensive issues, but. The defence was pretty much first choice by this point. But yeah, I was just back in though, maybe not quite match sharp. Um, as bad as, I don't think he was great against Aberdeen, but he was horrific against Rangers. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah B&B not working out very well. No, no, it really hasn't at all. Um, so yeah, I, I, we know that can work and I hope that when we come back for the winter break, that's, that's clicking again. But it just it didn't really click against Aberdeen. It certainly didn't click against Rangers. Um yeah. But yeah, you think has got one eye on January transfer window? Um, if he's got one eye on his transfer window, then maybe he should be performing in Rangers games, because that's the one mm-hmm. that down south they all watch. So, um, maybe not a good time to have a bad game. I don't see many people coming in, that might have come in for him after that performance. Uh, but yeah, have, but, We know how foolish English clubs are, but... Yeah, yeah, there's always, there's always a chance to throw one at us. Um, assuming they even want it, because they might just go uh, sign the pre-contract. Because that'll be him before you speak to people in January. But yeah, it's what you say. But I mean, it's that's three times Celtic and Aberdeen have met this season already, and it's been one goal in the game. Um, and each time it's been the Celtic's favour. Uh, I think this is the one you'll probably be kicking yourselves about because you looked like you had us at, at one each. You looked like you had us at two each. Yeah. Um, and just like you say, and as I said at the start of this, it, it came down to the quality of Celtic, specifically the quality of Edouard that made the difference in this game. So again, that goes back to the, the other point about Brendan Rodgers then doesn't start him against Rangers. Yeah, it's weird as well because for all the for all we score more in the second half, and I think we actually played better in the first half. We don't do the things in the second half we did so well in the first half. Like I thought we were really good at getting the one-on-one situations with the fullbacks and getting cross into the box. Second half, I thought we'd struggle to do that because I, yeah, I definitely you, think that's where you that's where you beat Celtic and most teams that I think beat Celtic. They get out wide and they get the cross it, they get the balls in the box. Celtic, I don't think cope that well with it. They're not used the to it. Commonality between the two games is in the first half of Aberdeen. Aberdeen were pressing Celtic and trying to make as many yeah. mistakes. Rangers did it throughout the game. Uh, and never really let Celtic get any grip on it at all. So that makes that makes a hell of a difference. But as in the second half, Aberdeen sat back and tried to soak it up. And again, Aberdeen are really good at that. So yeah, it yeah. was it was working for quite a while. And again, it mm-hmm. took us to bring Edward on and play that cracking pass through the forest. Um, 
It seems harsh to be criticising Considine for that because he is just outpaced by Forrest. The ball is that Aye, good. It's a great ball as well. Yeah. The, ball, the ball makes it, I think, the initial ball from Christie. Because it's one of those, the defender, the, the defender's waiting, he's always standing trying to hold a line, an offside line, whereas Forrest is the progressive player as such. So in that situation, Constantine's got a lot more to think about. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, pace-wise, he's, he's not got as much pace. Um, so, aye. Yeah, that's where we missed uh, Max Lowe, to be honest, because Lowe in the League Cup final uh, had Forrest pretty much in his back pocket in 80 minutes. Um, he might have... Whether he would have been quick enough to get back in at that point, we don't know. Um, he would have been quicker than Constantine, but taking a hand away for the ball for Edward and the run for Forrest, they're both perfectly timed, and then, obviously, a good ball across and an easy finish for Sinclair. Um, yeah. who delivers against Aberdeen again, you know, it's two of the yeah. three league games he's del- uh, two, the two league games he's delivered in, but then yep. he went in his shell at the weekend as well he wasn't the only one I think. Uh, he yeah. wasn't the only one, obviously well, oh, McGregor, McGregor playing at position and Edward not starting was, was two of the, the, the bizarre decisions of that game um, I and, in the bench, if he's no fit I, I think that's I, I don't think he was quite fit but yeah, then you're right. Why is he on the bench? Why is he on the bench the first place? The, don't um, understand it. Unless, unless the thinking is maybe we can get half an hour out of him. And I think that's maybe why Edward didn't start. Uh, because he was just coming back for his injury. So his tricky nurse made him through the, the last couple of games of the season. He gave him the, the half an hour, whatever it was, that we got uh, at Petaudry. He tried to give him the half an hour at Ibrox as well. Um, and it's it's worked it's worked well against Aberdeen. It hasn't worked at all against Rangers, so it's it's a gamble there. And it's a, it's at least one I understand. I don't get the McGregor one at all because that ruins McGregor. It takes away from the fact that Johnny Hayes played so well at that position against Aberdeen just a few days earlier. That would have been the obvious option for me if he doesn't if if Azikiri's no fit or doesn't trust him and Kieran Tierney's definitely no fit. That's that's the obvious choice. It's worked against Aberdeen. Do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, thing, the, the other problem they had, in, in Sam, well, you know, the Rangers are going to be combative. Absolutely. They're going to be, and and that's where Rangers. Were. I don't think it was unexpected what Rangers did yesterday. No, they were they were very well well up for it in front of their own fans. Uh, they got the shape right. They got the tactics right. They got the players all uh, playing with each other. And, it was just uh, everything clicked for Rangers as it should do. I think the only thing the Rangers never quite managed to do was put a ball in it more. Uh, and I think a lot of that was down to Craig Gordon. He, kept, he, yeah, kept. Had a great game. Well, he was terrific. I mean, even the one time he made a big mistake, he then was able to haul himself out with another good save at that point from Kent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he wasn't helped in front point, at all. No, he wasn't at all. Uh, well, so we, we had. Sports team was entertaining to watch because they were criticising Mikey Johnson for coming so deep just a couple of minutes after Slayton and Jam for blowing in the, the uh, pitch like a crisp packet. Um, in fact, no, he wasn't even blowing in. A crisp packet would have moved more. And Sam was just <laughs> static. Um, Brown, he's a junkie silking. Maybe, but because he's not been playing much recently. I'd, I've no idea. He usually rises to the occasion in these things. I mean, he was a guy with the goal in the, the, the one that won itself to party as Rangers. So. The thing is, he was injured and then um, players were in form. You know, are they going to drop Christie and Rogic and McGregor just to accommodate him back in? I don't think so. Um, I mean, he's, he was basically back in the team because Rogic is away to Australia um, and was uh, wasn't even stripped for the Australia game incidentally which I don't think it, as well as Celtic fans I, well I don't think he was ever going to be involved in that one they just wanted to get the squad together for the Asia Cup and they had yeah, a deadline yeah. for that so 
I, I don't. I think it's been a bit churlish to say he didn't play in this friendly today. Yeah. Um, because that was never the intention. Uh, I know it's the two Hibs boys. We've seen Silky Frenchmen before it. Parkhead. Belly. Aye. No one charmers like a few moves in the summer. Aye. Aye. Well, he made, he made absolutely no difference to this game. Uh, although he did have one decent shot in the, the game, which um, Jack got in the way of. Was it not uh, Halsey getting away that one? Uh, sports scene highlighted he's been Jack. <laughs> so, oh, was it the one late on when Halliday put his body in the road? Yeah. Ah, it's Halliday. It's Halliday. Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, as, as bad as Celtic were, Rangers get. It was, it was a case that Rangers get everything right, Celtic get everything wrong. Um, I didn't see the game myself live, I've only seen the sports scene highlights. But as per usual, uh, I was kind of following on Twitter as much as I could, and the slating that John Beaton was getting was um, pretty much. I don't. I, I, it was hard to tell whether Beaton was actually really terrible or this was just people looking for excuses because Celtic were rotten and they wanted to blame somebody, um, as happens quite a lot. I don't think that was the case. I think Beaton, having seen the number of things that Morelos got away with. Uh, I think Beaton has questions to answer there because by my reckoning there's three maybe four incidents of this should be a red card with him because he was able to lash out I mean he kicks Brown in the boys about a minute into the game yeah. and gets away punches with it in the boys. Th- punches Christy in the boys he manages to leave a boot in and somebody that's on the deck at one point uh, yep. there's a, I haven't seen any footage of it but somebody tells me that there's, there's an elbow at some point in the game as well um, so you've got Multiple instances where Morelos should have at least been spoken to with the referee and wasn't. Yeah. Um, if he isn't cited by the compliance officer at some point for at least one, possibly all three or four of these incidents, um, it does raise the question can you give multiple red cards for the referees missed? And if you did that, what would happen to John Beaton? Because you've missed all we, of these incidents. But we've established that. Um, you know, you can kick out and get away with it because it's not seen as excessive force. Um, oh, you can go to Daryl Pro- um, Broadfoot, etc. keeps quoting that. Um, but it gets just a yellow card then. He's done it three times in this game. Yeah. See, thinking yeah. back to Stephen McLean at St. Jo- uh, sorry, at Hearts, did he not get a two-match ban on his incident when he grabbed uh, someone yeah. by the balls? He might have done it. Yeah, he did, yeah. He did. So uh, that that's at least a two-match ban then. Right. So, two-match ban for grabbing the balls. How much do you get for kicking the balls? I'm thinking about the the punch in the balls as well. So yeah, the the several instances Morelos should have been pulled off. He definitely getting booked in this game. <laughs> so I never really get talked to. If, if that's an example of how bad beating was for one player, I don't know what the rest of the game was like. But there's got to be questions asked for his performance anyway. To be um, to be fair, the rest of the game there wasn't really an incident that he, he got wrong. To be perfectly honest, I mean the offside goal. Um, with McGregor um, was the correct decision as well. It was like half a yard. Yep. Yep. Um, but it, it wasn't even there half a yard. It was a few inches at best, but yeah. it was right. It was, I but mean, to no be doubt. honest, there wasn't anything really contentious. There was no massive penalty claim from either side throughout the game, and there wasn't no. a lot um, for beating to, to manage. It was just obviously that one with the. Uh, oh. Three or four with Morelos that you should yeah. have had. So if, um, if you send Morelos yeah. off after a minute in this game, it changes the outlook at it, surely. Was he just playing eight or nine minutes with, with ten men? Did they still it run the midfield? Does. Did they change yeah. to affect us? Definitely does. Other things could have made that different. I think, uh, and mind you, Rangers have done all right with ten minute times this season. I think what Rangers did that um, was even more progressive than what Aberdeen did. They pressed, but it wasn't just pressing the midfield. 
Oh, which yeah, is what Aberdeen do really well. Press press all over. Yes. They force Boyata into mistakes, force Benkovic into mistakes, Gordon into mistakes. I mean, the energy levels, you need to give them credit for that because they had a few... The talk with an Ibis was there was a few players that were, were doubtful. Whether that was mind games, whether it wasn't, I don't know because obviously a lot of games played for both teams. But there was talk of Goldson being doubtful, Jack being doubtful. Ryan Kent comes in after not playing for what, maybe six weeks? Maybe yeah. less. He played 45 minutes against really well, but that's been that. So, I think we, we need to give, uh, again, credit to Rangers for, for how they played and Gerard gets his tactics spot on. Yeah, and I, I, I would totally agree with that. They, they, they fully deserved the win. They could have won by more. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of the mirror image of the, the, the game at Celtic Park where Celtic won 1-0 but could have won by more and it was a goalkeeper in the frame of the woodwork that kept it down again in this instance it's Craig Gordon in the woodwork yeah uh, so it's, it's very it's very strange the, the kind of that both games have kind of had the similar pattern but for each home team effectively so uh, so yeah I mean we're sitting with Celtic Rangers 5-1 points um, Celtic ahead on goal difference and have a game in hand more um, to play but now you need to go and win that game you know? come on like a point behind Aberdeen three points behind St Johnston and Celtic have a game three. in hand St Johnston win that yeah. St Johnston go five points off the lead yeah so it's it's very it's brilliant from a neutral perspective it's brilliant from a neutral perspective it's ridiculous because we've managed to lose four games in 2018 which is the most of losses is 2007, I think it was the, the statistic I read yeah. Well, you've yeah, lost the same number of league games as you did last season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're all season. The from Celtic's point of view will be the fact that maybe the start of December, end of November, they're looking like they're moving up the gears. Whereas actually, you look now, does it force the hand or the, the board in January? Well, I think there was always already... Stuff was going to happen, but does it force maybe a bit more? Yeah, I mean, that, 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 we, we went into, we left the summer transfer window with just two strikers, which was a ridiculous position to be in the first place. That happened because Dembele took it off, and we didn't really have much choice. Um, during that transfer window, we also had Boyata take it off, which cost us a Champions League place. Um, so he's going to be on the position that he can go and speak to people now, so he's likely going to leave. Um, we hope we keep Benkovic for the rest of the season, but people seem to be keep putting doubts about that one as to whether it's going to happen or not um, I don't know why because Leicester and Celtic both say noise stain so it should be pretty that, that should at least happen but we're going to need we're probably going to need to replace um, Boyata for longer term we certainly need to get one at least one striker probably two strikers in because uh, we don't know how long Lee Griffiths is going to be out of football for however long it takes to get better um, so we've been relying on Edward all through this month and possibly the previous months before it as well uh, to get us through, which was a ridiculous position to be in. Um, our two right backs, Gamboa and Lustig, um, neither of which have covered themselves in glory. Uh, Lustig, okay, apparently in this game, looked done. Uh, he wasn't great in Europe. I mean, Celtic need to look at it as people question whether we need to make signings to beat the likes of Hamilton and beat the likes of Mullet. It's not really that that Celtic are looking to do at this transfer window. They need to beat these teams in the next five or six months to try and win the league again but they're also looking to build further forward than that they're looking to win the league and then go into Champions League qualifying again next year that's the goal for Celtic it's to have that team ready 
and not have to be running around trying to make signings at the start of the summer transfer window, which we never do. We want to be getting them in in January, getting them well on the way to being ready for those games as yeah, well the as good us, though, games in the, the, the sort of come in the league in the Scottish Cup. Yeah, and as well as the last 32 Europa League as well. The good thing is we figured out Celtic's transfer strategy. If your first name's Timothy, then we've got a chance of signing. Because <laughs> yeah, it was Timothy Castagna, Timothy Weir. Yeah. No Timothy one has been a striker today like this from Slovakia or Slovenia, which kind of ruined it. But we could call him Timothy as his nickname. Yeah, just sign all the terms. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Timmy Mallet as well. Yeah. Good chat. That's what I stole that from. Uh, aye. Maybe, maybe a few of them need that to the. <laughs> just a soft mallet, not a hard mallet. Because if you if you if you're young enough, if you know you're enough, right? Mallet's mallet. YouTube it. Yeah. I was going to say Google it because if you're but if you're young, you YouTube it. You don't Google things. YouTube it. <laughs> Down with the kids again. So yeah, do you know Timmy Matt? Do you know Timmy Matt was at an Aberdeen game earlier this year? Yes. I think his brother yep. stays up in Aberdeen. Aye. Um, that one. But aye, it's um as, as far as the the title race goes, we've we've got. Like Celtic will look to rebuild after that Rangers game um, where they were just a shambles and not for the first time this season because they were a shambles against Hibs as well uh, and a shambles against Hearts so the, the, there's, there's changes need to be made Law and Co need to back right, Rodgers properly this transfer window they'll be held to pay um, but on the other hand you don't really think Celtic are going to be that bad again against Rangers this season do you? Gives Rangers confidence on, I, mean, I think it gives the other team's confidence. I don't think there's a fear factor now. Celtic, no, I, think, I think certainly last season there was still a wee bit of fear factor. This year, I think it's gone out of the water. I think teams are more willing to have a go. Celtic are now going to have to come out in January and batter teams to restore that fear factor. That's that's going to be Celtic's immediate aim. Can and the question is, is that possible? Because at the moment you wonder about the. The, the team set up, you wonder about the players that are there, whether they've got anyone to come out and do that. Um, we saw in sort of November, start of December, when the things were clicking properly, that Celtic were indeed capable of going out and battering teams, certainly at Celtic Park. That's that's uh, a bit of a fortress in Scotland at the moment, so uh, there doesn't seem to be a problem there. Yeah, um, plus, you've got St Mirren and Hamilton at home. You've yeah. got three home games in the league. Yeah, so there's a, it's, a good, so it's a good time to start battering teams, but you're not going to put any fear into the, the teams higher up the league by battering Dundee and Hamilton, who are struggling as it is. Uh, they themselves will be looking to try and uh, see what they can do in January, because uh, we'll come on to it, but Dundee, again, their defending has been shambolic recently. I'm Dundee have noise half their team, just about. Right. The the Miller's going back to Celtic. Uh, a few in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, I can see wholesale changes there. I can see wholesale changes at St Martin. I can see maybe not so much Hamilton, um, but you'll probably find Hamilton still managed to eke out the results. I don't think. Yeah. And we'll probably avoid uh, relegation yet again. Dundee need the most work. I've said it most of the season. I think St Martin will be fine as well. Not for, I think Dundee will get relegated. I, I think, still think St Martin have got enough quality about them that they can avoid the automatic depends what happens in January I know there's a lot to be but I still think uh, it's I've got players that can change games Dundee don't Dundee I see do not have from. anyone in their team that can change a game I see where you're coming from from this because I think the difference is a manager I have no idea um, what this uh, guy at St. does because um, I, have, I haven't seen much 
difference in, in the way St Mirren play. The difference I've seen has been at Dundee, where they at least look like they're playing like a team. They look like they're playing a rubbish team, but they still look like they're playing they're a right team. They did, they, they did for a couple they were, of weeks. They were woeful. Aye. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, sorry to for Dundee fans and all that, and not to be doing gloom and all that, I think they're awful this season. I, I don't see anything. I don't see any redeeming features. I think it's a point. I don't I see anyone you could go... If they can get the right changes in, I think they'll be all right. I think St Mirren are in trouble, because I don't know where St Mirren... St Mirren spent a lot of money from their, from their perspective in the summer for Alan Stubbs, for it not to work at all. Um, and I haven't seen much difference between what Alan Stubbs was doing and what Kearney was doing now. Between those, uh, do, you re- do you really think St Mirren are going to change that much? Though? I think, well, they have already. I think we touched on it. I touched on it last week a wee bit. They've, they've at least there's been the odd here, game here and there. They've had kind of uh, clean sheets. They've had uh, Hamill and Jackson do make a difference. I think as well. Ferdinand, I think maybe been all right. I just think St Mirren have to get a bit more about them. Whereas Dundee. Let's talk about Jim McIntyre and all that. Yeah, he did great things with, with County. He's not married for a while. He's been out of the game for a while. Yeah. Still, still. He was still, 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 yeah, but he, the, even at Ross County, he had to catapult them off the foot of the table, and he did it. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's where the credit needs to go. Um, Aye, so at that point. If, who does he if he's capable time? of doing that again, yeah, uh, um, I think he he's, to... he's, he's got enough about him as a manager. I don't know whether he's got enough about him with the resources at Dundee. It's going to come down to what changes he can make in January, at both Dundee yeah. and St. Martin, I think. Um, yeah. Because if they both plod along as they are now, One's getting relegated and the one's in the playoff. It's that simple. Um, yeah. they, they, they both need to be targeting changes, not only overhaul the other, but they also need to try and overhaul Hamilton. And probably not Motherwell, because Motherwell, as we keep saying, are doing just enough to get stay away from even Hamilton, never mind the other two. Yeah. They're not far behind Hamilton, mind you, the two of them. Right, there's only four points in the bottom three, and I think it's that, that bottom three none of them are going to go above 10th for the rest of the season um, there's a 7 point gap to Motherwell I think they're going to be fine now um, I just with Dundee minus 31 goal difference I mean that tells the problems that they've got they need to sort that defence out once and for all um, yeah but Hamilton's just minus 29 they're not that far behind them in that one Hamilton of course and distance it's a bit like a, a racehorse mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Dundee I mean these problems that Dundee have run on for how, how many seasons have been said about their defence and you always feel, as John touched on, that Hamilton are the sort of team that dig a result from nowhere that helps yeah. keep them above water. Um, and out of the three, I think Hamilton are the most likely to, to survive. Um, and you can talk, toss a coin to Dundee and St Mirren. I personally think that um, a lot comes to what Dundee do. Um, and Jim McIntyre has a proven record with that. Um, and I think if he gets the signs in that he wants to, then he might do enough to keep Dundee up. And I'm just not sure about St Mirren... Um, if Hamilton was, if Adam Hamilton was to get injured, they'd be in big, even bigger trouble. Um, but he, he can only really score from forty-five yards, but from sixteen <laughs> yards, but from sixteen, eighteen yards at the weekend, he missed a really good chance um, yeah. at two-one, which could have got some a point as it turned out. Um, although, for what I have seen the highlights, they were second best at everything. Come on, it was two-one going in five or six, and 
um, Greg Stewart, the only thing that was missing from his performance for the goal because he was brilliant. Oh, his run for the, the Jones goal was, uh, was just it was ridiculous. That's not even the that first time he's done that this month. <laughs> he did that against somebody else a few weeks ago, and I can't remember who it was. But it was just see, see, watch. Right. Oh, I see, on the part. subject of Greg Stewart, uh, something that was going to be featured at some point, maybe I'll talk about because he's one of the players. Who is your sign of the season so far? He's up there, I think, like a Warnock. Has been signing of the Emirship this season. Yeah, I don't think that's, that's a good shout as far as uh, the signing goes. Cause he, I mean, when when Kamarnock were missing him and Brophy at the same time, it was, well, that's when they've been struggling. Um, imagine what they'd be if they hadn't lost them at that point in time. Uh, the top of the league, easily. Uh, but yeah, I think Greg Stewart's been terrific. I mean, I don't know what happened to him at Aberdeen. It just wasn't a fit. He's been brilliant at Dundee. Was nothing at Aberdeen, and he's back to being brilliant at Kilmarnock again. Um, so I think yeah. he's just unlucky. He admitted himself. He, he admitted himself when he came to Aberdeen last season. He wasn't fit, and I don't think he ever quite got fit. Maybe till until was the end of the season as well. Yeah, he was always like in, in, in the team. The team never got um, a proper run, but he showed more consistency towards the end when he did get more of a run. But he's certainly shown with Kilmarnock what he can do. Um, he's certainly one of the signs of the season. I would say that. Um, Kelly at Livingston um, and Goal yep. Yep. would be up there as well yeah. I think he's been a terrific signing yep. um, Kennedy at St Johnson yeah that's another possibility yeah, maybe I think Kennedy's been really good there Bogdan at Hibs he's been pretty good the goalkeeper yeah he has there's yep. a few good games I mean certainly yeah. the two against Rangers yeah I feel like that's him off uh, one of our podcast members I can't remember who it was yeah yep, it was me <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't take it Lewis back. Yeah. That was probably the, the, the bit when Aberdeen's lock ran out in the, the Celtic game, was when that last second overhead kick fell to Wilson and not Ferguson, because it fell for Ferguson yeah, maybe four each. Well, Wilson's, well, Wilson's got it in him, but I... Fair play to Wilson, yeah, by the way. Wilson doesn't say. Um, that, oh, that yeah. For the second goal, especially. Um, mm-hmm. Just... Fantastic. Um, it was a bit of a comedy ending to that goal. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they can I, give that to Campbell, to be fair. I, 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 I think it comes off of the line. It's, it's Campbell's yeah. goal. Because he'd made a complete mess of it and it kind of hit the defender and it looked like it was just about to begin and that's when it hit him again. Yeah. I think they're giving yeah. it to him now. It depends where you look, but I think they have given it to him now. Yeah, yeah. the last touch is definitely his. And what, he, he just looks so happy. That That's... Well, come on, come on to something else. I'm going to talk, well, actually, we could talk about it just now as well. Um, but he just looks so happy, like because he's an Aberdeen fan, and it, you know that way it means something to you. you, you Celtic for yourself, Chris. You've touched on it before with Tierney. How much it means to Tierney to play for Celtic? It's like it's a fan playing for your team every week. Yeah, you can't get much better. And he, he just, he, aye, 17. He just, aye, so good. So best moments. Moment, moments of the season so far, like, in terms of football, it can be individual moment or it can be collective. But mine would be the fact that Aberdeen, whether it's been forced upon us a wee bit, the, the youngsters are getting their chance. Because there's obviously Campbell, there's been Ferguson, Cosco still pretty young, McLaren, McKenna's still young, Scott Wright's still young, Cos- we've mentioned Cosgrove. Others have been featuring as well off the bench or been in the squad. That, that's been my big thing and the fact that we've actually still managed to be competing up at the top. I know it's been forced upon us a wee bit, but the players are taking their chances, which is terrific. 
Yeah, that's it. I mean, the one for for me that stands out that lot is um, is McLennan. You know, because he's really taken his chance in recent weeks. Um, you know, we we all wonders with Mackay Stephen being out injured, um, how much it was hampers. But he's come in and grabbed the the bill by horn, so to speak, and you know, yep. showing that he's not afraid to take on players. I mean, in the cup final when he came on, he wasn't afraid to take on Lustig. Um, and it actually changed the game a wee bit when we moved him to the right hand side um, when he was up against the team it was a bit harder but he's been terrific in recent weeks and given us that different dimension not being afraid to take on players and saying a two year deal as well so um, yeah I'm delighted with him He's that's probably my standout moment of this season from an Aberdeen perspective I think uh, it's, hard, it's hard to say that anything other than getting the seventh trophy in a row um, but oh. I think for me the, the, the when, when did that happen? <laughs> Start last month. So, no, yeah, you know, you know, how December's been really good for Aberdeen. Uh, if you start I, I, December third, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, if I mean, we didn't play that, Celtic, it, but if we didn't play Celtic, it, I, I mean that's nine games you played this this month. Um, you won six of them. Lost twice yeah. to Celtic and then St Johnson. Oh, aye, St. Johnson, that was the only one. Aye, but St. Johnson have won like six away in a row now, so it's nothing unusual, really. Aye. Um, but yeah, uh, for me, I, I actually... Put a, the, a poll up in the... Put a poll up in the Twitter account. <laughs> I wanted to put in St. Johnson, but I've just put in the top four in the league. But I think St. John have been the team of the season from where they come from last season. Mm-hmm. Aye, St. John's have been most improved. I think Kamarnock have just kicked on. That was one of the questions we had at the start of the season, was would, would Kamarnock be able to carry on how they finished last season under Steve Clark? And the answer has been uncategorically yes. Um, so that I mean, credit to them for the, the way they've been. They were, they've, they've picked up the most points in 2018. Um, they've got a point more than Celtic, although they took two more games to do it. Uh, somehow they managed to play 38 games in 2018, whereas Celtic only played 36. I'm not sure how that worked. They must have played. Five points between the top four. It's the same top four as us just now. Yeah. Right, true. It's just kind of. It was, it was looking a bit worrying at times for the likes of Aberdeen being the bottom six and Hearts kind of dropped away for a while, but aye, it's kind of fixed itself again. So it's the, the top five is the top five from last season. So that's good. Uh, but aye, for me, the, the go back to the, the, the great moment um, the five goals of James Forrest, it's for Scotland. Because yeah. we've been waiting for ages for David Forrest to be good for Scotland. <laughs> and they happened to, to do it all in one week. Uh, that got us the, the Nations League win, which uh, gives us the, the, the second chance should we not qualify for Euro 2020 to the right order. So, um, but yeah, has has uh, finally putting in the, the, the performances for Scotland that we all know he was capable of and just hadn't quite managed it yet. That was for, that's, that's one of the great moments of 2018 for me. Yeah, his cool. second goal against his second goal against uh, Albania is my goal of the year. Oh, it's a from a Scottish perspective, yeah. just brilliant. Yeah, Sorry, John, you I've got. asked some other people. I've asked some other people as well for their best moments. Uh, so the the guy that's doing the, the marathon, the Martin fan that we spoke about uh, a couple of weeks ago, his best football moment he said was before the first game of the season, where he was full of hope and, hope and optimism. I think he's not really hmm. feeling it just now at Martin this season. <laughs> Um, and uh, but you, I'm trying to think whether it was last week I was saying about funny members of the family and I'm the least me- funniest member of the family but we'll come on to that later on uh, uh, the missus because she actually gave me the idea for some of this in terms of she was speaking about something 
resolutions, I thought, oh, football resolutions, which we'll come on to. But she said the best moment was Talbot beating Fraserburgh to go into the next of the Scottish Cup. Pretty high for me as well. If I'm allowed two moments, that would be a football moment in terms of on the park. I know the Aberdeen players playing. So yeah, that was something else. Um, so the other one, yeah, I want to come on to is, and it's from football managers in Scotland. It can be anywhere here in Scotland. So whether it's any of the, the top four divisions, the Lowland, the juniors, anything, was a, a resolution that a manager should have, okay? So hard one that she came up with, and I quite liked it, was for Stephen Robinson to stop dyeing his beard and fully embrace the full silver fox effect. <laughs> How is his hair so silver, and yet his beard only has yeah. grey bits? Does he dye his beard? Uh, yeah, just for men in the beard, isn't it? It's true, though. It's true. He's, like, so, he's like silver. He's like the most silver-headed person I've ever seen. Apart from if he actually do a dye job, and it's all silver. And I should say, I think he suits the silver here. So so I, I quite like something that something produce it and something we don't. It's just, I don't. I don't get the why. I don't know why you would dye your beard and then not just leave your grey hair. The Morton fan as well. His resolution is for Jonathan Johansson to go over to Finland and find the next Rajamaki or Lindbergh. If you know, yeah. remember them, they were terrific for Morton. And that's remember Rajamaki. So, so, yeah. So they were the two of them are pretty good players. Very good players. That's his hero, Rajamaki. So, I have said to him as well that he should copy you, and he try, he's obviously trying to do a thing for charity. He's a Morton fan, get a Morton St Mirren over 35 game going. He might even get Rajamaki playing. Yeah, there's connections through like former players association, you can make those contacts, and um, I'm sure Morton St Mirren players you know, be very accommodating. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if he needs a steer, just tell him to message me. I will do. I'm still trying to win the podcast, so uh, I keep on giving him all these great ideas and all that and stuff, but uh, yeah, so far he's uh, rubber-earing me. So you two maybe need to get him as well, to say to him, right, come on, get on. <laughs> well, gang uh, up on him. <laughs> yep. Park mentality. Park. Um, park, maybe. Park. See, once you're talking, we're talking about managers and polls, so... Um, Ah, ran a poll about um, you know, <laughs> Craig Levine. No, we've no finished. No, we've no finished. I need your resolution. Both of yeah, your resolutions. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I know where John's going with this one because my resolution was uh, probably Craig Levine's resolution should be to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> well, just learn to uh, embrace your inner Elsa and let it go. <laughs> Dear. What's yours, John? Um, a manager. It's something funny-ish. You can come back to it if you can't think just now. If I, I, I'll come back to it, but um, you know, since Chris has brought up Craig Levine um, out of our Twitter poll, out of 350 votes, eight, yeah, 85% say he's the most despised manager in Scotland's top flight, um, and it's difficult to disagree with that. Although, to be fair, he did come up with quite a um, quirky comment after um, the Edinburgh Derby because Hibs displayed the banner... Um, before the game, there's class, there's first class, then there's Hibs. And then he says, well, there's, cla- there's Hibs class, then there's Hearts class. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've just got a phone call from Craig. And he says he's not the most despised manager in the league, so it can't be true. Has <laughs> 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 Craig got you in speed dial? <laughs> ah, you've got Derek and one in us and two. 
He's going to call you a dick. Yes. <laughs> Can you go, Vin, you call you a dick for even mentioning that now? I'll block him. <laughs> I'm fine. You can't even quote me on Facebook because I'm not on it. Uh, that honestly caught me out. I was listening in the radio and sports sound the other day to, I think it was the the Boxing Day games, and Michael Stewart was on talking about what uh, Levine and McInnes have been saying to each other, and it's like half three in the afternoon or something, and he just comes out with, I called him a dick, and I thought, can you even say that in the radio this time of day? Probably. Yeah, I mean, that's been a, a few managers and players who just um, decided to have a go at randomly. And, referees. Uh, we, yeah. all have, we all have a go at referees, to be fair, but so, uh, most of the season has a go. Exactly. Uh, so, so, what was the other question? Yeah, that was that we asked? Was, uh, well, I think the most hated managers, Neil Lennon, but uh, that's for different reasons. Yeah. Well, the poll, it was quite a lot of, there was, what, 365 votes, something like that, on Twitter, I think. Roughly. 315. 315, the final results. Yeah, very. And thanks to everyone for responding. There was a couple of, there wasn't a lot of comments across both that and uh, Facebook, but um, the the funniest reply um, was from Daniel McElindon. He says he's like a drunk uncle at a wedding, a bit of a prick, but ultimately just laugh at him and then ignore. (laughs) Talking about Levine. Yeah. Aye, not Neil Lennon. No. <laughs> so the, yeah, the other yeah. question that he's asked earlier, I said my obvious answer was the Joby Gate um, at Spartans for the, the funniest moment in Scottish football. But actually, the, 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 the most I've laughed at Scottish football this year was probably at the Celtic game recently um, when we were losing to uh, Salzburg and still celebrating because Rosenberg could take a point off uh, um, Leipzig and just like it, it was just the weirdest sensation to watch Celtic lose and celebrate at full time because we were through anyway it's it's not something that kind of happens all that often um, so not knowing really what to do I found myself just laughing quite a bit so that was probably the funniest moment because it was definitely surreal I think I think one of the funniest ones um, and it's someone that you know we Aberdeen fans uh, like to slate quite a lot. Um, I think a spoiled celebration against uh, Aberdeen that rug- game at Rugby Park to score the penalty was pretty hilarious, to be fair. And Aberdeen fans took it for what it was, just a bit of humour and a bit of banter. So, no, that would be one of the funniest ones for me. I, I can't believe he didn't invade the pitch. And it was that bad. <laughs> well, oh, well, we invaded the pitch yesterday, but... Well, it's a big thing. You know, only when other team had beaten Living Snow season at um, the Tony Macaroni. Um, that's it's a thing. Is that not qualified for Europe? I don't know how it works. <laughs> I yeah. think so. Is that no, I think he's won the Champions League, have you not? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Just qualified for Europe. Oh, right. It's just Rangers that won the Champions League with three teams this year. They do get a wee bit overexcited, the Rangers fans, do they not? I know, I know it's the first time in 13 that they've managed to beat Brown and Rodgers uh, Celtic, but uh, they were over the top there. They were invading the pitch in the, up at McDermott Park a couple of weeks ago um, they, they were somehow it was the Celtic players fault for celebrating beating them 1-0 in uh, Celtic Park that they started clabbering over their own disabled supporters which was a bizarre way of thinking um, I, I don't know what it is Rangers just wanting to clamber on every time something outrageous happens but 
<laughs> like they win a game or they or somebody else beats them and celebrate does they celebrate it. Um it's and yet like then you look at the Aberdeen fans and Chris Boy's actively winding them up and they're just laughing it off. That's the way it should be. I don't, I don't, why, I don't see why one set of fans is absolutely restrained and another one's permaraging. Does, yeah. does it count? Does it count for us to have a, the funniest uh, Scottish football moment as Croatia knocking England out the, the World Cup? No, because that was before the season started. <laughs> but it's in the calendar year 2018. Oh, okay. Aye, so, uh, that was more relief um, from my personal point of view because I was going on holiday to England the following week and the oh, um, prospect of them winning the World yeah. Cup and me going down there for them when the World Cup was just nauseating but I could enjoy the final after that. <laughs> uh, well, one of the better things I've seen actually was in the last couple of days and I put it up in our wee WhatsApp private group that they've got between us uh, for, like, I don't know, but someone Craig likes it, I know and there'll be plenty of other listeners like like at Love Island, uh, and who, who bears the top better? <laughs> if you see the tweet, I don't know if I retweet it just now actually, so that listeners can see it uh, who wrote it best. So I, I, I did like that. Yeah, old fun facts. I'm using all the time. Oh, old fun facts is brilliant. I'm not going to say what I'm going to say. Um, so Resolutions, we've covered the best moments. Oh, I know we have other games to talk about, but team of the season so far, as in possessions. Keeper. Liam Kelly. Liam Kelly. Was Alan McGregor a close second? He's probably like one of the same season, to be fair, Alan McGregor. Aye, uh, not one Gerard could take credit for because he was signed before Gerard. Yeah, so, oh, aye, that's right. Sada Clark, another one worthy I mention. Aye, aye, aye which is so. Right, for me, we're going to go, what's in fashion just now? That's a wee bit of 3 5 2, I've seen going about. Do we stick at it just going back? There's a lot of two up fronts these days. And mm-hmm. I feel to get everyone in, you need a two up front. Yeah, probably. Are we starting at the back or are we going up front? Well, we could do that and then work our way back and see what we get left with. Right, because if, if so, you don't put Warren Shanklin up front, there's something badly wrong. No, no, it's in the top league. Oh, it's the top league? If it's a top league, you can't. You've got to put Morelos in there because yeah. he's the top yeah. scorer. We get home. Um, I would probably say Edward. Well. Now you're asking. Next uh, year, uh, Morelos. Mm, I think for quality, I, I, I think for. Uh, I think for. Uh, I think for. I think for. Edward Edward has, has, has done it at European level. I think that's maybe the difference. And that you would maybe make the same argument for McGregor ahead of Kelly. Domestically, Kelly domestically, domestically, not in Europe. Just domestically. There's too many caveats around this now. Yeah. Oh, it's no, it's a domestic, a domestic Premiership team. Twenty the season so far. So that so that encompasses all teams in the league as opposed to just the ones that have been in Europe. 
Yeah, but some teams have got. Should I made this aware of these rules before we come on? Hey, hey, it sounds like you're making it up as if you're made up. Um, well, the manager. There's no doubt who the manager is, and that's Steve. Steve Clark. Clark. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, Tommy well, Tommy Wright. Right. Tommy Wright's out. I think um, Gary Holt's probably out as well, because the thunder in yeah. since he took over has been phenomenal. Um, I tell you, it's no Neil McCann. I, I just that's just a needless dig at Neil McCann. Yeah. Nah, it's not fair. There's never a needless dig at Neil McCann. <laughs> he deserves it every single time. That's because he's back in the limelight, having been in Sky at the weekend, and he was in BBC Scotland um, a couple of weeks ago, not clubbing himself in glory as usual. But just, yeah, we'll get that out of the way. Aye, for, for fans that are listening, just be thankful he's on TV and not managing your club. Um, mm-hmm. Midfield, centre. You've got to have Ryan Christie in there. Aye, Ryan Christie's emergence at Celtic has been uh, outstanding. From a position we never thought he was going to even make it into the team to be in a near on first pick. Um, I think I would. I'm, try, I'm trying to say whether I'm put James Forrest in this team or not because for that he's, he's kind of been quiet again lately, and he was quiet at the start of the season. But for that period where the the, the Scotland part as well fitted in nicely, um, he was just bagging in the goals for Celtic as well. Um, he rips and joins the part in that six 0 game. Mm-hmm. I think overall yeah. in the season he deserves to be in there. Yeah, possible. Possible. Um, in there somewhere for his attacking prowess. If we're playing four four two, yeah. Yeah, we're not playing four four two, we're playing three five two. Don't know yet. Um I would also have Candias in there. I think him yeah, and like Vanellas yeah. are the two outstanding players for Rangers and they're the guys that we along with McGregor have been keeping them in a the position they're in. Um I'd like no Steven, doubt likes, uh, injured. Aye. Aye, he was he was coming on a game. Uh, well, to come on game. He, he was he was on a good game until he got injured. Yeah. Um, so I would, I, would, I would say he's on my shirt as well. I'm just going to be a shambles. Yeah. It's all over the place with so many players. Yeah, we're going to end up with like three, four wide players, four uh, wingers, two strikers, uh-huh. and they centre-backs, which uh-huh. probably would be... Well, I think you'd need to put a lovely centre-back in there. Uh, they've been solid, eh? I would agree. Yeah, either Harker maybe Halker. Or Lucky. Yeah. Well, either any of the three, maybe. But you almost see to come as a, I think they come as a collective. Just about. Yeah. I don't think he's worth the money that's been talked about, um, but I think you've got to put McKenna in there as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anytime I've seen McKenna, he's been really good. He was, again, it seems, seems daft to say it when he conceded four goals, but he played really well against Celtic and uh, mm-hmm. Boxing Day. So, yeah. I, would, I, would, I, say, I don't think he's worth the ridiculous amount of money that people are talking about, but he's certainly been one of the, the best uh, defenders in the league. Yeah, um, I, would be, I would be remiss to say. Um, Benkovic as well. Benkovic strolls through most of the games in domestic football. He's tested a lot more at European level, but we're not talking about European level. Um, it wasn't great at the weekend, but who was for Celtic? Would Colton be a contender? I would, he was the other one, I would say, yeah. He's been fairly decent. There was a worry when he went down injured against Hibs that he wasn't going to make it for uh, the Celtic game, but he did indeed. So uh, he's, been, he's been pretty good. I think an unsung hero for um, a centre midfield position um, is Power at uh, Kilmarnock. I think he's been really solid in there, breaks the play up well, and once he did hit a really good shot against the man which hit the top corner, so 
I think he's one to include yeah, he could, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. I think. I think. I think. He's certainly going to say he was an unsung hero. I think the undercut, the two of them. Mm-hmm. So, I think I'm saying a good base in midfield against. Is anyone writing down this team? Because I don't know where we're at. Well, <laughs> I've got one centre midfield and four wingers. Put it in my head. We've got, we've got a. We, well, what keeps going Christy. with then? Yeah. Mark? Or was it Kelly? Kelly? Kelly. Kelly, okay. Keeper. Medellas and Stuart up front? Yep. Yeah. Forrest and either Candy or Stomachai Stephen? If we decide if we're going sticking with three five two, or are we going four four two now? We put we put Tavernier in there, so I think I'm only mentioned two centre midfielders. Really, so I think probably four four two. Okay. Just so we've mentioned three centre backs, but we can drop one of them because Tavernier's got to be the left back. Yeah. Yes. So midfield is Power, Power and Christie. Uh, and Christie. Uh-huh. And then centre backs McKenna and. Yeah, Hulk, Benkovic. Mm, don't know if Benkovic has been that great. Tell you, Benkovic just strolled most of the games. <sighs> Let's just say Hulk it because I'm getting bored talking about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's taking up a lot of time. Right, so we've got Kelly and goal, back four of Tavernier, uh, Hulk it, McKenna, and Tierney. Uh, midfield four of a uh, Mackay Stephen, Christie, Power, and actually I would say Candice ahead of Forrest because he's been more consistent across the season. Think so. I think Forrest has done a lot more than Candice. I like Candice. I think Forrest has impacted more games. Yeah. I agree. All right. All right, we'll go with Forrest then. And then up front, we've got uh, Morelos and we've got... Uh, Greg Stewart. Greg Stewart, yes. There we go, how's your 11? It's over. And then we'll see what the 11 is at the end of the season. Yeah. Just going back to... Um, we were talking about, um, you know, crowds invading the pitch and stuff, but speaking about crowds in general, because obviously um, Saturday was Derby Day, and I had a look to see how much it impacted teams' crowds. Uh, across the 21 um, games across uh, the senior leagues, only two teams' crowds were down from the previous game. One was Albion Rovers and the other was well, Rangers, but the Rangers one was only just short, just over 20, from f- um, 49863. Right. Probably, probably increased segregation. Because <laughs> of that. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, and um, uh, the corporate thing. <laughs> we didn't mention it. Aye. It was quite so, funny, I think. So, somehow Rangers managed to take about 7,000 tickets off the Celtic fans for us, Fixture. Uh, gave them to their own fans and then thought about it and went, oh, wait, we need to keep these for corporate people. And it says he gave some back. See Boris Ross tweeting about it. They used to pay for Rangers. I think yeah. you had to pay about £100 for his two tickets. But then there's the whole thing about if you sell your ticket back to the club, they make about £19 off it or something like that. And fans were like, no, happy because they were like, well, I'd rather like, I know someone who would want a ticket. I'm just going, here you go, you can have that. Mm-hmm. Right. I know it's trying to help the club and all that, but... Craig, Craig didn't he? I don't know if Craig was... What he was thinking about it. It's a podcasting. Right, so I think it's seven thousand at the game. 
as well. Aye, Kamara, I mean, certainly Kamara's away support as well, has been terrific in the last few games. The number they took to Mullerwell were brilliant. Uh, well, so, yeah, 4,000 Aberdeen fans at Levy as well. Aye, aye, aye. It's, it's, it's good to see away fans turning numbers. It's just it's, it's a usual thing of if a team's successful, people want to go watch it. And certainly that's happened to Aberdeen for the last few seasons. It's happened to the Kilmarnock last year. Um, it's, it's probably get the, the, the opposite effect. The Edinburgh's aye, they're certainly getting good crowds. And, as um, always. Again, they don't exactly produce goals when they play each other. Um, but... Uh, we've not really talked much about the, the Edinburgh derby uh, for the weekend. There's, there's not much to really talk about other than Lee's goal. I mean, because yeah, it, it wasn't a great game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Whitaker shots unlucky. Yes, and, um, uh, I wonder if he's touched. The game mousing. Uh, I didn't take a good lip reader to see what he was mousing. Um, yeah. So he's already been dealt with by police. Um, good. No doubt, Hibs will fall up themselves once the, the police are finished for it. Yeah. Uh, but aye, that's. Uh, Another unsavoury incident that we could do without in Scottish I think football. The game, I, the game itself, I think it was Hearts' physicality worked over Hibs. I, th- I don't know what's happening at Hibs just now, but it's just not the same team at the start of the season. No, Barry's not the same striker at all. He's just gone completely off the ball. Uh, so much so, Lennon's really publicly getting tore into him, which maybe isn't the right thing to do, but he's obviously at the end of his tether and says that he needs more firepower because Shaw's not been delivering. Um, McLaren wasn't doing much before he went with Shelley anyway, and he's also going to be out. Um, he's away now. McLaren not injured a wee bit before he went. I can't even think that he's. I don't know, unless maybe it's just he's no. I thought he was injured as well. Kimberry's been the one that stood out as not playing particularly well just now, um, which is strange because when he first came in at the start of the year, um, he was brilliant, then he signed yep. a permanent deal. Again, he looks as though he just carried on from where he left off, but he's just gone completely off the ball. The last couple of months, it's just summed up. Hibs decline because um, they were second at the start of October now they're sitting eighth and yeah. it's not no, good enough. No, no, I, think be the back. I think Hibs will yeah. be out before at the back as opposed to three at the back yeah. and try to pack the midfield. I think they'll be out when they play expansive football as opposed to getting bogged down and try to play maybe a more physical team and play your own game. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, even the game I was... doing that, playing their own game, they were, they were doing really well. Even the game at Ibrox sort of some hibs up because uh, in, in the one game you had that Dan McGregor was probably at fault for the Morelos goal because uh, they were trying to do with that but then he's the one that comes up with the equaliser and other than that McGregor actually had a good game it was a block off several chances and the Rangers had in that game so um, and again Bogdan we mentioned him earlier but he had a, another good performance against Rangers so that was uh, yeah I mean, Hibs earned a point in that game but they didn't want to shoot themselves in the foot to start with. And that just seems to be kind of abs all in. Even like even last season they were they were shipping stupid goals and at the start of this season in Europe they were winning games like six four and stuff. <laughs> whatever, whatever that crazy scoreline was in Europe. Um yeah, it's it's Hibs just they they're still shipping these silly goals but they're not scoring them as much as they were. So um not exactly yeah. Great shit. I wonder to try and turn things around when they come back for the winter break. Yeah. I wonder if Ollie Lee was listening to the podcast last week because I slated him for not stepping up in games um, when other players were injured because um, he started the season well, but then he produces an absolute peach of a goal. Um, yeah. But I think Hearts, to be fair, were improved with the fact Stephen Naismith was back in the team and you know, he scored against Hamilton and he was a nuisance against Hibs as well. That he makes a big difference to him. 
Um, but they'll still be glad that they went to well, pieces. Well, I think it's so down to you, John, because we all, we all know that... I think it's down to you, John, because we all know that... Because uh, we've been telling them play too off front. We start playing too off front. Far better. That's where all our listeners are coming from. It's ours. You're tactical genius. That's it. I'll be honest, I didn't hear a bit of that because the um, connection started cutting out. So I'll just take whatever you've said. Aye, whatever. It wasn't just, was just me then. Um, all the players and managers listen to the podcast, and that's why. Yep. Yeah. I, th- I think like you, you touched on it, Naismith being back in the team has made such a different start. Um, suddenly they're, they're scoring goals. Um, he could have had more than one against Hamilton. Um, he, he was creating chances for him against the Hibs as well. So it's, they'll be delighted to have him back and maybe that'll help him kick on in the, the second half of the season. Yeah, back, back in, yeah. As well. yeah they're, they're starting to get the players back that were injured. So it's... Uh, it's good to see you know, they'll be off challenge and imagine the second half of the season. So, uh, right, I have got one question then. Um, when we're talking about cracking finishes, uh, who scored the other goal over in the last couple of games? Was it Jordan Jones or uh, Scott Tanzer? Because he basically scored the same goal. Did either of them mean it? I don't think Tanzer meant it. Yeah, uh, Jordan Jones is claiming he did mean it. Um, but they look like the same thing to me. It looks. You've tried to cross that, it's ended up in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. I think you can understand why people might think that Jones meant it, because when you're curling the ball um, from the left side with your right foot, it could look as though you're half thinking of trying to go for the top corner, um, or that far corner as well, whereas when you're crossing the ball with your left foot from that side, the intention is just to get it into the box, um, not try and lob the goalkeeper. If he has done that, it's a remarkable skill. Um, but yeah, it's poor goalkeeping for Jack Hamilton again. Um, it just sums up Dundee's problems, but a comfortable and well-deserved win for St. Johnson as well. Yeah, it did take a while as well, by the way. Christmas Day, I think some of their players were going to houses and giving signed tops to fans. That's good. I've seen Jordan Jones do it, um, but I heard there was some other players as well that were going to other fans' houses. So Well done there. Yeah, definitely. Um, another game that we've not really touched much on um, was the Lanarkshire derby um, and Mother will get in a, that one that probably I think will help see them climb towards safety. Did Tom Aldred, um do you think Tom Aldred went for goal for that first one or do you think he was trying to help it back in for, I think it was Rose that was just in front of the goal there? I no, think I think, goal. He went, I think it went goal. Yeah. Um, what a double from a centre-back. The other question is there's the, the several questions over the winner of this one um, because I'm not feel aggrieved that they didn't get a free kick in the first place um, mm-hmm. and whoever it was that was going for that then committed the foul which Muller then launched into the box challenged the goalkeeper how many times the goalkeepers got overprotected they didn't this time um, I think that's the right decision I don't. Th- I think that's yeah. a fair challenge I don't think it's anything wrong he's entitled to go for that ball he didn't put his arms up against him or anything like that so um, yeah, should have pointed out where didn't and Aldred followed up so I think keepers at fault there I don't think it's a foul so yeah. I think he got that one right but I do happen to agree with Hamilton uh, being aggrieved that they should have had a free kick first because it was a push um, so yeah yeah that's uh, a fair comment I think that's probably the, as, but certainly no, there's no foul on the goalkeeper for me so I think um, 
Uh, I haven't started this game well enough. Uh, I don't know what Mullow's defensive line was doing with us, but we really did send Emery through one on one with the keeper and Emery's good at finishing them. So, um, yeah, they, they deserved a lead, but they just kind of didn't hold on to it and then probably were. They have they have reason to be aggrieved certainly for the the, the second one being not being a free kick they should have had a free kick first. But yeah. having said that, you didn't get a free kick. The next thing you do is you go and kiss a free kick yourself. You've got to have a bit more sense in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of Motherwell, actually, they, they did a well to um, recover, given that they seem to lose half their team against Commander in the boxing day because they had the horrible head knock between McHugh and Dunn um, and then not long after that you had Main went down holding his head at the same time and Bully went off where this sounds horrible detached veterinar right. <laughs> I've, I've heard some awful injuries um, there's certainly a worse one than that um, which I heard a few weeks ago I think it was in a rugby game actually Um Let's just say it wasn't a, it wasn't an eyeball. <laughs> um, but uh, oh. uh, uh, you know the one I'm talking about. Now. <laughs> John is just say, a Dalek. Uh, Hearts as well, though. Like <laughs> midweek as well against Hamilton. Just going back to Hearts. Oh yeah, um, buckling sheets for last games. Aye. Aye, it's, 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 uh, oh yeah, the other thing about that Motherwell uh, Commander game was Main getting sent off for two bookings and the one move. Yeah. Why is it not just a straight red for the elbow? When have we started giving only yellow cards for the elbows? This is, I asked this a few weeks ago. It's because of the stupid um, excessive force and brutality. Um, law that's been put in there. Uh, no, it's violent conduct, red cards. You know, and that's you know this is where Daryl Broadfoot, um, you know, comes on BBC Scotland and does his whole um, SFA quoting and defending the SFA. Shut up! It's a violent conduct. A kick's a kick. It's a red card. An elbow's an elbow. It's a red card. None of excessive force. Pish. <laughs> say, what you, say what you think, John. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Right. <laughs> Uh, man. <laughs> uh, it was Chris a few weeks ago I think I've stolen <laughs> Aye. No, you're right. you've been holding that in someone's taking your angry pants Chris I think the angry pants have done the rounds Aye. Uh, it was John shit. a few weeks ago I hope they're turned inside out I couldn't have washed them probably bloody green and white hooked you know I <laughs> uh, speaking about people that um, turn um, everyone else angry. Andrew Dallas was involved in a bit of a game with Ross. No, no, I don't believe you. I don't no, believe I, you. I'm shocked this time. Uh, no, seven yellow cards and two reds. Apologies <laughs> <laughs> for anyone that had to listen to us in there or attempt. Sorry, we've never heard a singing Dalek before. <laughs> a singing Dalek? A uh, Darth you're, Vader? No, your signal keeps coming and going, so it's getting back. Oh, my, Maybe I, I, 
Maybe because Doctor Who wasn't there this year. Um, John's doing his own Christmas special. So when are you here? Yeah. Was it New Year's? That one uh, is. Uh, it's because someone's on. Someone's on the O nine phone at the same time. Craig, Craig, get off. Craig Levine's on the O nine number. I thought you were talking about um, Craig from the podcast there. I thought, where's that? Well, I think it's, it's maybe coming from both ends. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Or, or, or all ends, including the middle. If you remember that from last, was that last week or two weeks ago? Uh, that was, was last week. week. That was hilarious. Uh, Chris had confessed that he was he was chuckling uh, when, he, when he heard it. Aye. He knew it soon. <laughs> I was laughing and I heard you say, ah, you were laughing at this. It's like, yep, I told it am. Brilliant. That's nothing. I've got my notes about the the um, like the Jones and the, the, the Danzer goals, about them being cross come shot. I think editors love to write that one. Oh, dear me. They always write it like that. And they always write it C-U-M. C-U-M. Yeah. Look for it next time. Look for it next time. You'll see it. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's the type of jokes I like as well. The wife just looks at me as if go up. Like, see, when I'm 85, hopefully if I get to 85, I'll still be laughing at things like that. Oh, it's If I stop laughing, I jokes. Dick. Willie. Do you still... He had a wee bit of spunk in him. What? Like, see? And then, guys, this is me, I've got a similar kind of mind. Yeah. I've got a doubt. Oh, we all remember it, Ronald Daniel Loving Seaman for 40 yards. Yeah, yep. uh, you, cr- you cracked that one during the World Cup broadcast, Chris. Yep. Uh, it's one of my all time favourite jokes, one of my all time favourite moments in football. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah we're probably until like a bit. Yeah, we're no far off I get my football, but we've still got loads else to cover as well in the lower leagues. Probably not even covered everything we co- what it's covered in the Premiership. Lower leagues. I, the only, I the think, only thing I, I had in uh, my notes that we hadn't covered from the uh, Premiership was that, that was Tony Watt scoring his first goal since August when he scored That's against right. St. Mum. That was a bit of a, a shock to find that out. It'd been that long. Because um, yeah. I think the only other game we haven't mentioned was Dundee Livingston, which was nothing each. Um, and it was just a case of... Uh, all my notes seem to mention all day. <laughs> She's no day of committing a penalty. She's no day of another penalty. Hamilton was uh, sent off for last night of the day, who apparently got hit by a sniper as well, because Hamilton certainly never hit me in the face. How come that one? How come that's a red card? Was that excessive force? Surely we can that. The Hamilton one, um, sorry, the Dundee Livingston game, Hamilton washing out at all day. Oh, Jack Hamilton. Uh, Jack Hamilton Livingston. Yes. Oh, I think I missed that one. Yeah, I didn't see it. Uh, oh, funniest moment by the way from uh, another person, the the runner guy was Ray McKinnon obviously going to Falkirk and them them still being woeful, <laughs> which is fair enough. And woeful again at weekend. Yep. Aloha. By the way, they were a bit shocked. Came from behind and gummed on United as well. Yeah, that was a Coming from behind. No. So do you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they've lifted themselves <laughs> well clear. <laughs> they have, I think. Oh, the way that's Yeah, Patrick has lifted it. 
Oh. I like how Winnie's trying well, to move it, on. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, what, what was that? I just think if, I, I prefer the funny bits. <laughs> if it's some, like, you know, if someone like just listen to certain bits of a podcast, they would think it was a different kind of podcast altogether. The edits could be like a, yeah, something totally different. I know, I'm trying to decide whether we can get away with Ross 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 I mean, if they win that game in hand, then they're both at 39 points. Seven clear of Dundee United. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Dundee United have got a big January. That's it. For all they've done well to call themselves back into it, uh, I think that defeat to Alwa uh, yesterday, that didn't help at all. But they've got their American orders now, so they'll invest in January, would think. Yeah, so they're not the Arabs anymore, they're the Arabs. Maybe they could call themselves the Dundee Arabs. But you know how like, American sports teams like their... their Name? Extra names. Dundee Arabs. Yeah. Dundee Arabs. Green Bay. Dundee Arabs. Green Bay. Dundee Arabs. Dundee Terriers. There you go. Sorted. Are they not the Terriers? Not the Terriers. Terriers are Doug. Could change their badge. Could put that Doug next to the Spartans one. League one, our bro, Drew, but go 11 points clear. They're the team of the season, surely, so far. And they were unbeaten for last week, but you still fancy them to win that division. But they've extended their lead despite only drawing because. Race Rovers lost at home to East Fife. That, that, that's the first time they've lost in about a year and a half. Oh. That's right, that's right. What's the shock? We're in the fact that both lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and Breakin still struggling. Yeah, I thought the bottom were going to rally a bit with a new manager, but it's, it's kind of stalled a bit. Yeah, I think it just sums up that they've got a lot of problems for Jim Duffy to fix in, in January, but I, th- I think they're one of the few teams that have got some money behind them that they can improve, um, even though they are a part-time team. They still are able to attract better players than some of the others. So you still expect them to get out of it. Um, uh, aye. Close in League 2 with Edinburgh City and Peter Head. Yep. Uh, so, the two favourites the table. Uh, game around three points behind, so they win that, they're going level with them. Uh, the goal difference is better for Peter Head, so if they win that game around, they'll go top. Mm-hmm. Although, it depends when they play up. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Celtic's game hard against the John's is like the end of January. Yeah. yeah. That was the um, comeback of the weekend in League 2 was Berwick against Edinburgh City. They were two down and then two goals in 80, 80 and 90, well, 90 plus four minutes to draw that game. The, the comeback of the week, though, I was playing FIFA and I was down three at half time and came back to draw three all. That was better. <laughs> was, that, was that in amateur mode, John? No, that was in, uh, what was that one? It was about the fourth level up, whatever that is. <laughs> well, class or something like that. 
Well, one of my um, funniest FIFA games, I was playing one of my mates who went Real Madrid and I went um, Sligo Rovers, who were half a star, and I won the game 4 0 and my goalkeeper scored. Oh, nice. <laughs> when was that? Believe it or not, that was my stag weekend. <laughs> you, what? The stag weekend? You were playing FIFA? Yeah, well, we were in the lodge in Aviemore. The lodge? Oh. Oh, not time. that lot, not that kind of lodge. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant! Oh, well, Avi Moore Lodge. There's your title. Brother John, John Avi Moore Lodge. No, that's John not the title. So, <laughs> so that's how we'll be. That's how we'll be distinguishing between the jo- two Johns now. It'll be John and Brother John. Oh, oh. Aye, <laughs> I remember Chris can make the title whatever he wants. Aye, enough of that. Noise. You, who you want? Oh so the the lower leagues play for the next couple of weekends while the Premiership's off, and then we're back uh, for the Scottish Cup weekend on the well, actually it's Rangers that started at the eighteenth, so yeah, me on the nineteenth, and then Hearts Livingston the twentieth. So yeah, we'll get that to look forward to. Did you get any football related Christmas presents? No. No, I to think of it. John, favorite what Christmas presents? Any football-related Christmas presents? Well, FIFA 19. It's just been a yearly tradition <laughs> uh, since 1993. Uh, I don't get a chance to play them that often, but, um, but yeah, I also got uh, was given the League of Their Own uh, quiz book, but that's one of the the Christmas presents here. That mm, thank you. <laughs> You know, where the <laughs> awkward moments. Right. <laughs> I hope it's no one that listens to the podcast that bought yet. No, it's not. <laughs> I'll not. Even if it was, I wouldn't say who it is on air. <laughs> hey, what about yours? Because yours obviously dying to let it out. I got Pierlo's book. So that, that's decent. Nice. Yeah. And if you the 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 back of it when you read the wee story about it, it's really good. Talks about how he relaxes before the game, so he relaxes before the game by playing a PlayStation, having a wee sleep, and then at night time I win the World Cup. That's Peter all over, isn't it? Just mm-hmm. yeah, did it. I suppose we are. Then, then he talks about he talks about Casano, and he said Casano maybe slight with seven hundred women, but what did he do? That way. <laughs> <laughs> so I Pierre was like a god fast player yeah <laughs> he looked like a god with his um, his haircut um, <laughs> his, his penalty against England with, um, in Euro 2012 was was class um, he got better he with age, age I think yeah. well mm-hmm. he was a Aye. good player anyway but I think he became a towards the end of his career he well, yeah, certainly in Italy and in Serie Ser- A culture, whatever you want to call it these days. He was just terrific. Like a fine wine. And he likes his wine. Yeah. I follow him on mm-hmm. Instagram and he likes his wine. He's Italian. He needs to like wine, I think. So I. Uh, yeah. Probably at the end, I think, because it's it's going into the 90 minutes. Right. Well, 
let's um, just um, throw in the plug to my blogs. I've done a review of 2018, um, and I know John. Before we said, yeah, there's probably been too much West Coast in there. Yeah, try um, get a job with the Daily Record. <laughs> just admit it. No, but I'm not, no, but I'm not lying. <laughs> the Daily Record like to lie. <laughs> I like to make stuff up. Yeah. Or um, bend the truth, should I say? Uh, I, I still can't believe Keith Jackson still works there. Like, I remember when. Um, Nike were first coming in at Celtic. I, 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 I remember him posting a like this is an exclusive of pictures that were like, mocked up for the huddle board, and it was obvious they were mock-ups. It was just you, you get, I can't believe he survived that because it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Like you've been caught out an absolute cracker for stealing stories from elsewhere that were just nonsense. And he also. Yeah, he also um, revealed that, and it wasn't in April Fools either. Um, he also revealed that um, swine flu was going to um, delay the end of Scottish football season. Aye, aye, he's about when he goes out. He only goes out. John, did you come up with a resolution for the manager? No, I didn't actually. Um, nah, I'm gonna have to skip that. <laughs> But can it, um, but, yeah, I can't think any. I suppose that, uh, if I'm going to throw one in, um, Gary Caldwell, to try and make part of it, was 2019 a lot better than um, 2018 was, because 2018 was an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they obviously, the sad death of John Lambie and then the team getting relegated and having an absolutely appalling start to um, the championship. So Archibald loses his job 18 months after being nominated for manager yeah so yep. Yep. I'll throw that in because <laughs> it's mentioned in the blog as well we've not even had a chance to even talk about bloody transfer window coming up but we'll need to save that for after and we'll see what happens because we'll have two weeks aye. still aye. Uh, we've got a couple of weeks to fill after this without any Premiership fixtures so uh, aye. we should probably save that for another thing I think we're not doing any podcast until the Scottish Cup returns or do you think we should well we might do one earlier Sure, that's where window goes. Aye. Plus, we could, we could just be a shorter one, like people will probably be fed up last. I'll be John straight again. <laughs> That should be your podcast title. Dalai John. No, no, Dalai no, John, brother John. Oh yes, I'm having us. There we go. Yeah, I was in the podcast title last week. And I wasn't even on. It's so, there, man. Uh, fair play. No. <laughs> yeah, you were wondering how how <laughs> about this title. <laughs> you know, you know what, you know the, the one the disappointing thing was. You told me it was Christmas, but it really should have been Christmas. Yeah. It's too, it's too subtle in the title, so aye, it's fine. I got it in the end. <laughs> Which end? Yeah. Got <laughs> it nearly at the end of 2018? Yeah. Uh, well, as a bit of insight, it's uh, what, 2011 now. Mm-hmm. Someone's got 25 in a bit of if you listen to this tomorrow, uh, 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 u
a clock, you'll be listening to this for two years. If you listen to the podcast tomorrow <laughs> at 11 o'clock, you'll be listening for it for two years. What's the thought, eh? Uh, if she listened at like one and a half speed, like some podcast apps can do. <laughs> so I uh, all the best for 2019. Aye, uh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening throughout 2018 and the years before that you've listened as well, and hopefully you'll continue to stick with us through 2019 and beyond. Yeah, and if you've got to the end of this podcast, well done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, have a good one. Cheers again. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.